0: Good morning. Welcome to worship. Glad you're here on a beautiful day to be together in the house of the Lord. If you grab your bulletin, some announcements as we get started. If you're a guest, welcome. Glad you're here with us. If you would fill out this blue side, a tear off portion in your bulletin, and then put it in the offering plate when it goes by, Uh, we'll follow up with you about Mechanicsville Baptist. And if you have any prayer requests, put them on the bottom of that yellow side, put those in the offering plate as well, and we pray in our staff time each week. On the back are opportunities for the week, make mention of a few things. Tonight we have Encounter Service at 5, Youth at 6. The ensemble is canceled tonight. The ladies' ensemble is canceled at 6.15 to make available everyone to come to the deacons meeting, which is at 6.30 in the John Bryant Room. So make sure you make mention of that. The ensemble is canceled, deacons meeting, 6.30, John Bryant Room. And then this week, we've got Vision Team on Monday night, uh, full Wednesday night activities, uh, Wednesday night supper is hot dogs, and then we've got Connect Groups, Iwana Youth, Midweek Bible Studies, and Choir Rehearsal Stewardship Meeting, and then Fellowship Breakfast, Cold Harbor Restaurant, 7.30 a.m. on Thursday, as well as the other things in your bulletin you make note of. A few other announcements. Is, is Are you showing the video for Christmas Child? Not in this service? Okay. So, Alf Karen. Uh, remember, Christmas Child. This month is collecting money for uh, s- sending the uh, the boxes overseas. So, nine ten dollars is about what uh, shipping costs. So, if you want to give a donation to Operation Christmas Child for shipping, that would be much appreciated. And the packing party for that is November third after church after the late service. service yeah, and then. Uh, also, I wanted to make mention of our shoes for our update for our community in Los Umildes, Dominican Republic. We are about 40 pairs of shoes short, so that's pretty good. We're, we've got two more weeks we're going to collect shoes, and common sizes are still the most needed, you know, men's size 9 to 11, ladies, whatever the normal, I don't understand why we have different men's and ladies' sizes in this country, it drives me crazy, whatever our ladies' common sizes are, and then we still need some children's sizes, so if you would be... Uh, able to give shoes, athletic shoes only, and um, worn is fine just as long as they're not falling apart. And then uh, we are going to, on that same day, November 3rd, we're going to put all the shoes out at both services and have a dedication time. So that'll be where we get to pray for the person who's going to receive that pair of shoes. So at each service, we're going to dedicate those shoes. We're going to ship them on the week after November 3rd and then they will arrive in time for them to be handed out to every person in that community. 130 total people will be receiving shoes. So that's such a blessing. Thank you for those who have given shoes, and if you'd like to continue to do so, we have two more weeks. Finally, Trunk or Treat. October 31st, which is a Thursday this week, this, this year, Thursday, we are going to do our Trunk or Treat again, so we need lots of people to come out, decorate your cars, Get candy, and we will be a light to our community as the trick-or-treaters come, come to our church, walk through. We're going to try to light up the outside up here, and we're going to light up the trunks and give uh, the children candy as we enjoy a time of fellowship and fun together. So, trunk or treat. I'm praying about whether I should do my Pac-Man truck again. You can try to compete with that, but I don't think you'll be able to. All right. Any other announcements, Tim? All right. I think that's it. And anyway, welcome to worship, and uh, let's gather as we honor our God. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word that it uh, brings uh, life and truth and faith to us through your Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here with us this day in this place. And that as your church, we uh, call upon you to uh, give us the truth in your word as Tim gives the message and as we uh, sing praises to you. God, we thank you that uh, you are a good God who desires for your people to grow in you and to follow you and to know you as fully as we are able. So God, I pray that this day you would uh, just abide in your Holy Spirit and that this service would be an honor and a blessing to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: And good morning. Let us stand and sing number 172, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, number 172. Please stand and sing with us.
0: seated and keep your hymnals out turn to page 354 for our responsive reading this morning page 354 I will read the lighter portion the worship leader and together with Paul you will read worshipers so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone
1: Jesus Christ is our sure foundation.
0: The Lord God said, look, I've laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable.
1: Jesus Christ is our sure foundation.
0: The whole building is being fitted together in him and is growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord.
1: No one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid. That is, Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is our sure foundation. And now let us stand and sing number 138, Thine is the Glory. Number 138, Thine is the Glory. Please stand and sing with us. Is good, all the time. All the
0: time. Is good. Let us pray. Everlasting God, we come before you this morning to worship you, to lift your name on high. We come before you now to worship you in the giving of our tithes and our offerings, praying, Father, that you would use these to further your kingdom, to share the love of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Grant us grace. Grant us wisdom in using these tithes and offerings, Almighty King. And may these tithes and offerings be but a reflection of the depth of our love and devotion we have for thee. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said?
1: I
2: wanted to let you all know that Jim Wright, who usually sits over here, uh, fell and broke his leg uh, Friday, or sa- Friday, I think he had surgery Saturday. He's over here in Memorial Regional recovering, but he did have to have surgery, so we want to remember Jim in our prayers. You all know he sits right over here to my right. Many of you know Jim and have known him for years, and so we want to remember him. Uh, in our prayers this morning. We also have a group that will be returning from Eagle Irie today. And we want to remember them as they make the trek back to Mechanicsville from the mountain. And tomorrow a group of eight of us are going to Eagle Irie and will be there through Wednesday for a 55 Alive retreat, they call it. So uh, I'll be teaching a class and we'll be uh, sharing in the week together uh, there at Eagle Irie. So pray for us as we travel there tomorrow. And as we have a group returning... Today, they like to take uh, advantage of this time of year to have these kind of conferences up there because we're looking for pretty leaves, but I don't know we're going to find them this year or not. So uh, anyway, but we do uh, enjoy our times there and learning and growing and look forward to it. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we are thankful that as we come into your presence on this day that we have so much to be thankful for. We're thankful for the rain that is replenishing the earth this morning. We're thankful, Father, that you provide for us when we have needs. We're grateful, Father, that as we pray, we know that you have a bigger responsibility for us. And that is to share the message of salvation with the world around us. We're grateful, Father, that we are partners with you as we seek to serve you and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. We're grateful, Father, for our time here this morning. We pray for those who are not with us today because of illness or injury. We pray particularly for Jim this morning, Father, as he recuperates from his broken leg. We pray, Father, for a speedy recovery. And we're thankful, Father, that uh, he is in a place where they can care for his needs and help him as he heals. For those, Father, who have lost loved ones, we lift them up to you and know that Uh, as we give them to you, that you are at work in their lives, ministering and providing for them hope even when things seem hopeless. We're thankful, Father, for this church, for the ministries and opportunities in this place of learning and growing and serving. May we, Father, always look to you and seek your will in what we do. And we know, Father, that you will lead us and help us, Father, as we seek to deal with the world around us. We pray, Father, that you will bless your word as we open and as we read and as we learn and as we grow. May it touch our hearts and our minds so that we might serve you. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Familiar story that we probably learned if we were in uh, primary Sunday school class, we would have uh, learned this story uh, along the way. So beginning at verse 1 of chapter 2 and reading through verse 12, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, And went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The images in Mark's gospel show us who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who possesses authority like no other. Jesus has authority to call people to follow him, something other people did not do. Rather than saying, follow God, Jesus said, follow me. Jesus has authority over unclean spirits. Unclean spirits know that Jesus is the Holy One of God who has come to destroy the power of Satan. Jesus has authority over physical sicknesses, showing that He came to heal us spiritually as Isaiah prophesied. We have seen Jesus having authority over diseases, cleansing a leper so that he is whole. Jesus has come to cleanse Israel and cleanse those who would come to Him. As the Gospel of Mark opened, we saw the declaration that this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus. As the prophet Isaiah declared, this Gospel is showing the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. But now we're going to shift gears in the Gospel of Mark. Our Savior came into the world to be the Savior of sinners. The church's task in today's world is to proclaim Christ as Savior and to put forth efforts to bring people to Christ. The incident described in our scripture reading illustrates how we can work together to bring sinners to Jesus and it dramatizes the importance of communicating the fact of Jesus' presence. People must be made aware of the presence and purpose of Jesus Christ and His work in and through the church. This incident also illustrates the helplessness of those who are in sin. Look at Mark chapter 2 verse 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Unsaved people are spiritually dead. They are confused about the real purpose of life and they are, helpless, are as helpless as the paralytic when it comes to finding the path that leads to abundant life. Further... We see in this story the role that each of us can play in getting people and the Savior together. So let's look at the story. Many of us in this room today have a familiarity with this story, but let's look and see if we can shed new light on this story. First, we notice the crowd of people in verse 2. Jesus has returned to Capernaum after traveling through the region of Galilee teaching and healing. People find out that Jesus has returned home. There are so many gathering into this house that no one else is able to enter, not even at the door. What is Jesus doing in the house? Verse 2 says that Jesus is preaching the word to them. Jesus has come to preach the good news of the kingdom and he's using the word to do so. When Jesus is present in the midst of his people, people will be attracted. Therefore, the church should make certain that it allows Jesus Christ to live within its fellowship. Christ will serve as a magnet to attract people. Crowds can be a great help, but can also be a hindrance, as was the case in this incident. They were trying to get this man to the Savior, and yet the crowd was so large they couldn't even get in the door. We observe the concern of four men for a helpless paralytic. Who was a sinner? Four men come carrying a paralyzed person on a stretcher. It is important to see what is happening. We have a lame man, he cannot walk, he is paralyzed. So these four men carry this lame paralyzed man on a stretcher to see Jesus. But there are so many people crowding the house that they cannot enter. It is easy for us to visualize. Have you ever been in such a crowd that someone asked to pass by you but you have nowhere to move to allow the person to go by? It was a large crowd of people who had gathered. The place is so crowded there is no way for these four men to get this paralyzed man who was lying on a stretcher into the house. But these men and this paralyzed man will not be turned around. Verse 4 tells us that because they could not get to Jesus, they climb to the roof, unroof the roof, and lower the stretcher down in the house. Now we need to visualize for a moment. Jesus is teaching in the house. You hear some noise on the roof, but Jesus keeps on preaching. But these men get a hole in the roof... And lower this man down on a stretcher. This is another showstopper. Everything would stop and the crowd will be looking up as this man is lowered down. It is a stun, stunning scene. Perhaps one of these men took the initiative in enlisting, enlisting the others to assist him. We should follow that example. When it comes time to bring people to Christ, we need to work together and we need to enlist the help of others. We all have a responsibility to share in bringing people to Jesus. Perhaps one or more of these four were relatives. As such, they would have a special concern for bringing him to Christ. Have you ever prayed for an unsaved relative? Have you ever yearned to see your loved ones come to know the Lord? These men found a way to bring this man to Jesus perhaps these four men were neighbors of the helpless man neighbors should be concerned for each other we should have a concern for our neighbors our neighbors need us but many times in our society today we go to our homes we go in we close our doors and we don't worry about what's even going on next door to us we have a responsibility to be witnesses to our neighbors Perhaps this man was an employee of one of the four or perhaps a fellow employee. The significant truth is that they banded together and cooperated to get a helpless man into the presence of the great helper Jesus Christ. They worked together to accomplish this task and they did not take no for an answer. We should recognize the confidence of these men. Jesus sees their faith and says to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now this is another showstopper. What would you expect Jesus to say to this paralyzed man? Rise up and walk? But that is not what Jesus says. Jesus says something completely unexpected. Jesus tells the paralyzed man that his sins are forgiven. What is Jesus doing? Why does Jesus say this? This is the big question that looms over the text. Jesus knows what was going on in the hearts of the teachers. We see that. He knows what they are thinking. Jesus not only has the power to forgive sins, but also shows another power that belongs to God alone. Knowing people's hearts. He knew what they were saying in their hearts. You notice that? There was no... It it appears as though He was overhearing them speak, doesn't it, to one another about what was going on. But that's not what the text says. The text says that he perceived what they were thinking in their hearts. He knew their hearts. So Jesus asked them why they are questioning these things in their hearts. This should have captured the attention of these teachers. Jesus is saying, I'm not just a miracle worker, I'm the Savior. Any miracle worker can say say, take up your mat and walk, but only the Savior of the world can say to a human being, all your sins are forgiven. Jesus is not claiming to be a miracle worker. Jesus is claiming to be the Lord of the universe. You see, sometimes I think what we end up doing with Jesus is we put him in a tight, neat box that we have placed him in and we give him these characteristics and we give him this personality and we say all of these nice things about Jesus without realizing who we really are talking about. He is the Savior of the universe. He's more than just a miracle worker. He works miracles in our lives when he redeems us. These men had faith in Jesus Christ. They believed that Jesus Christ could meet the deepest need of this helpless man whom they brought to him. The four who brought the paralytic had faith in his competency to receive what Jesus Christ had to offer. They believed he could be healed, that he was not beyond hope. There is evidence of a redemptive conspiracy in this experience. Conspiracy is a word that does not have the best connotations. By using it to describe this incident, we, su- we would suggest that compassionate concern compelled one man to enlist the, uh, the assistance of at least three others to bring a helpless man to Jesus Christ. Have you ever entered into a redemptive covenant, a spiritual conspiracy, if you will, to work with others to help bring a person to Jesus? Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and in a spirit of prayer, let us imitate the example of these four men and let us decide that we will enlist others in order that redemption might take place in the heart of a person who desperately needs to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have a responsibility to work together to bring people to Jesus. That is the mission of the church. Bringing people to the Lord and allowing the Lord to change their lives. We still see real cooperation demonstrated. Four men found a helpless man and designed a program by which they could bring the sinner to the Savior. They not only conceived the plan, but they cooperated together to accomplish their goal for the glory of God and for the good of the man. Nothing is said concerning the distance and time involved in accomplishing their purpose. We see four men working together in harmony, bearing a burden, carrying a load so that the Savior might be able to do His wonderful work in the life of a helpless sinner. It took courage and it took creativity. Both were required for the achievement of their goal. The crowd was the first big obstacle they faced. When they came to where Christ was, they realized that the crowd was too large. They resorted to an unusual strategy to bring the man into Jesus' presence. If you will, they thought outside of the box, didn't they? Are you willing to use creative methods to bring sinners to the Savior? Are you willing to put forth some courage and be brave? These men were and they experienced glorious success because of it. It could have been embarrassing, don't you think? It would have been hard for me to go on somebody's rooftop and cut a hole in a roof and lower somebody down. I would be thinking, of, well, you know, who's going to fix this? And I'm going to get in trouble for doing this because no one wants their property destroyed, do they? But these men were desperate to get this man to the person who could change his life. And if we had that same kind of passion, think of what we could do for the Lord. When Christ and the helpless man got together, Christ revealed his grace, his power, and his glory. And the paralytic man received forgiveness of his sins. This was our Lord's greatest gift to him. The paralytic was then made well. Perhaps his illness was due to sin. We cannot be certain. It is interesting to note that Jesus forgave his sin first because this was his primary need and then healed his body. You see, that should show us what is most important, shouldn't it? not this physical earthly body that we have to be healed, but to be healed spiritually by Jesus Christ. Let's look again at verse 5 as we conclude this time. What we need to see is Jesus declaring something very important about who he is. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus has come to fulfill your greatest need. Jesus has come to solve your greatest life problem. Now see it. Your greatest problem is not your suffering. Your greatest problem is your sin. Our greatest need is not comforting pain. Our greatest need is to be rescued from our sins. Our main problem is not what has happened to us or what people have done to us. Our greatest problem is how do we respond To that, this is an empowering revelation. We cannot do anything about what other people have done to us. We cannot reverse the past. We cannot fix the hurts. We cannot undo the pain. Nothing can fix those pains. These wounds remain in our lives, but we can do something about ourselves. The thing that we can do is see what our greatest need is. We can see what our greatest pain truly is. We can see what our lives need the most. Isn't this interesting? The paralyzed man's greatest need was not to walk. Now, if we looked at it, that's what we would say his greatest need would be. Because we look at it from this side of eternity, don't we? But that was not his greatest problem. We would all look at him with physical eyes and think that healing his legs was exactly his greatest need. But Jesus makes a statement. Open the eyes of everyone to a spiritual awareness. Our comfort is not our greatest need. Our health is not our greatest need. Our security is not our greatest need. Our wealth is not our greatest need. Our greatest need is that we see our greatest problem. That Jesus has come to solve. And we see that very clearly in this story. The paralytic man's ability to walk was secondary to what he needed most. Our problem is that we all have ignored the Lord. Rebelling against him by living our lives without reference to him. We tell God that we will live our lives exactly how I want to live it. Our greatest problem is not what people have done to us, but we, what we have done against God and against others. We have a sin problem, and it's our greatest problem. Jesus may not give us long lives. Jesus may not give us healthy bodies. Jesus may not give us financial security. Jesus may not give us good jobs or happy families, but Jesus is giving us exactly what we need, and He wants you to seek Him for that need. Do not seek him to fix these external physical concerns see him for eternity seek him for forgiveness our sin being forgiven every day is our greatest need there is nothing more important today than for your sins to be forgiven do not be distracted by the world Jesus is your greatest need today and he will give you what you need if you will seek him in faith You and I have the privilege of cooperating with the Holy Spirit in bringing sinners to the Savior. To do so is to bring the highest honor and glory to God, to make life's greatest benefits available to those saved, and to experience the greatest possible joy as a Christian. Let us follow the example of these four men in bringing sinners to the Savior. The Savior is seeking to save them. We have a responsibility to share the message of salvation with others, we have the responsibility to be as creative as we possibly can be in bringing people to Jesus. Many times when people are facing the reality of their own death, I will hear them say, I want to go home. You see, that's the kind of thing that we're seeing here in this passage of Scripture. Home was not a physical place on this earth. Home was the place that Jesus has prepared in eternity. Home. I want to go home. You see, we have the privilege of sharing with people the opportunity to go home. To go home and be with the Savior throughout all eternity. But we can't do it if we're not willing to be like these four men and step out in faith and be willing to take a risk and even be embarrassed in order to share the gospel with those in need. Shall we pray? Father, we're thankful for these four men. We're thankful, Father, for their willingness to go beyond What many would do. We're thankful, Father, that as we give ourselves to you, we can do the same. Put the burden on our hearts, Father. To share the Savior. To find a way, Father. To help people with their greatest need. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our greatest need is the Savior. If you've never given your heart to the Savior, now is the time. If you know that you're not being as creative as you should be, that you're not being as proactive as you should be in sharing the message, allow God to use you. Allow God to use you To bring sinners to the Savior. Our invitation hymn is number 237, I Stand Amazed in the Presence. As I said, I'll be leaving for Eagle Irie tomorrow and be back on Wednesday afternoon. So pray for us as we go there. Uh, Also, we will have a meeting of those who are going to Nicholsville a week from tomorrow. So that'll be uh, October the 28th at 630. Uh, That's the earliest I can make it happen because of being gone this week. So we will meet then to do our final paperwork and uh, call our final plays and, and get ready to go. So I uh, wanted to make you aware of that uh, as well. Deacons, don't forget about deacons meeting tonight at 6.30 in the John Bryant room uh, as we begin our new year uh, in deacon ministry. And uh, I think there was one more thing, and I can't remember what it was to you. Uh, it always happens to me. Trunk or treat, we've already mentioned that. Please uh, uh, plan on participating in that if you can. Uh, I think the rain scared some of our people away today. Uh, But uh, we had a good crowd in the first service, so uh, we're grateful for those who come and worship together. So let's close with the benediction. Gracious Lord, as we depart today, we do so with the full assurance that you have given us a mandate to go and to tell. We see how far people are willing to go so that others might hear. May we, Father, be so willing to reach out and help others find your grace find the power of redemption that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Bless us, Father, as we leave today ever mindful of what you have done and what you will continue to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.